forever. Dog. Hey, gentle listeners, it's Andrew, and welcome to Scary Stories to Tell in the Pod. It is a podcast about scary stories, urban legends, and creepy things you tell us about. And we're so thrilled to be back after a little September break. Uh, I, we, I know, Ann and I took like a full three weeks to kind of relax, to get some recordings done, to do some vision boarding. Uh, and I am so thrilled that for this month of October, we're kicking off some real high spooky season episodes with two, I don't want to sound trite, but these are two powerhouse guests uh, who I am thrilled to have with me today. Um, you know them as comedians, writers, hosts of the amazing podcast Couples Therapy. They are Andy Beckerman and Naomi Ekparrigan. Hello. Hey. Hello, Andrew. What a, I, an actual honor. A true honor. Yeah, without any hyperbole, I mean that. Yes, yes. We don't want to sound trite, but (laughs) it's a true honor. I don't want to sound banal. (laughs) (laughs) I can't, I really, I can't tell you how thrilled I am to have you here today. It's, you've been dream guests for a long time. And, um, and I feel feverish, but not in a negative way, (laughs) in an exciting way. (laughs) It's October. What is both of your uh, individual relationships to Halloween? Are you Halloween fans? Well, let me just say this to to start. We both live in an atmosphere of fear. That's yes, part naturally. of our that's part of our existence. That's like at the very <laughs> DNA of our existential makeup. So I I just want to put that out there. Thank you so Perfect. much for putting that out there. <laughs> just so you know who we are <laughs> and our relationship to fear. <laughs> Halloween for me, I really like Halloween. I mm-hmm. love candy. I grew up in a house that uh once uh, the 90s hit and my parents got health conscious. That was the one of the only times a year I got candy. <sighs> so my relate, I like costumes, at least yep. when I was a kid. And then when I got to be an adult, I would just dress up like a David Cross character from Mr. Show, <laughs> because I could just write something on a T-shirt. And I got and it was the ease. It was the more you know, the more I was doing stuff on stage, the uh-huh. less I felt like I had to do that in real life. Yes. That's interesting. I hear people speak the same way about weddings who work in the entertainment industry. Hmm. It's like when you work in the entertainment industry, you're used to having certain times and days being about you. And then a wedding is not as important because I think for so many people, it's like, this is the last day where I matter. You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, That's true. That's true. I know. How about you? How about you, Naomi? You know, it's funny. I do like, I like a good scare. I like a scary movie. Mm. I don't like to watch them alone, though. And as yes. they, Andy's not into scary movies, really, so I don't watch them as much. Sometimes I'll watch a scary movie on, the, on an airplane because I'm not alone uh, on a plane. Uh. <laughs> and it's like, you know, I can't, I can only be so scared when there's like an interruption in the middle telling me to put on a seatbelt. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it kind of helps temper some of the fear. Yep. Um. So I, I do like to be scared. It's sort of like Halloween. I... I think my last costume was in 1993, honey. I was like not yeah. having it. I it holidays that require a performance aspect. Uh, New Year's Eve, I find very performative. <laughs> you know, Halloween, um, even Christmas. I think the only true 
pure holiday is Thanksgiving because we are yeah. literally just connecting to eat. It is so simple direct. Yeah. And it stresses I, me out, like having to present, like Halloween, because I'm like, of course I've done a couple sexy little slutty numbers, you know, like I think like in 2010, I was say, right? That's what I was going to say. You were a little revealing thing. I remember when we first started dating, you went out with some friends for Halloween. And I did slutty Michelle Obama, is what I called myself, but it was literally wow. just me wearing a cheap ass corset I bought from oh. H&M. And you made people and eat tiny vegetables. top hat. And <laughs> like booty shorts. It was like so dumb. I I really agree about the performative elements of Halloween that I'm not so wild about. Like, yeah, something about costumes, that stresses me out, the pressure to produce either um, a tropey costume that mm-hmm. kind of makes me invisible or <laughs> something that people are like, that's so clever. You know, right, like right. that. I think there are people who live like they, they don't do a creative thing the whole year. And then they're like, I'm pouring every ounce right. of my right brain into coming up with a creative fun costume. And that's getting harder and harder. Right. I think there are people too who also are like, I always wanted to work for Lucasfilm or Industrial Light Mag- <laughs> yes. Magic. And they're just out here buying silly putty. They're buying, they're making molds, okay? They're yeah. using fabrics. People, when they just, when someone makes something that's really cool, I'm impressed that they actually just made it. You know what I mean? They actually yeah. like, oh, you put it together. And I'm mm-hmm. kind of like, but then I'm also like, you did all that for one day. You just got one day. You put like weeks into this. I'm like, uh, uh-oh. Do you know what has destroyed the clever Halloween costume? And I'm going to put clever in quotes. It's clever in the okay. sense that like a New Yorker cartoon is like, <laughs> it's clever. Right. It's that kind of like, it's that, it's that kind of uh, middle brow. But um, the, no shade to the people I know who make, uh, <laughs> but Twitter has destroyed it in the same way Twitter's oh, yeah. destroyed puns because it's shown how ubiquitous the stuff that like it's not like a it's something special right anyone can come up with it like if i have a pun idea i go look it up on twitter and i see that like 30 people have already come up within the last 10 seconds yeah. and i'm like oh okay so then i gotta do something i gotta write an actual great I now know. i have to write a joke <laughs> that incorporates this pun now there has to be something <laughs> better about this but it's the same thing with halloween costumes Whatever that yeah. that one person who thought they were clever, well, no, you go on and you see like thirty thousand other people came up with that same idea and it's no longer clever. Naomi, you were holding my hand in a, a way. Well, I just want to say I think it's so brave of you to reveal on recorded media that when you have an idea for a pun, <laughs> you first look it up on Twitter. Yeah, and I think that is brave to be that open and honest. I think it's I beautiful. get it. Because I'm a unique, uh, iconoclastic <laughs> individual, and I got to make sure that I keep that cred. Oh, my God. Th- this is – I have done this before. One Halloween, I was going to go as Werewolf Blitzer, and I looked it up. <laughs> it had been done. And it had already been done, and I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to go – I'm going as a straight-up werewolf. We're not uh-huh. doing – it's not creative. I'm sh- coming to the party, and I'm just a werewolf, and you have to deal with it. Mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. <laughs> you have to deal with it. <laughs> you have to <laughs> – I am enough in a full world. Exactly, exactly. You're like typing into Twitter. Desmond Nosferatu too. <laughs> now, now, you, now the, the idea of like scary movies, because I also feel like the unperformative, more experiential elements of October in the lead up to Halloween uh, is like the ritual of getting together, maybe watching something scary, potentially even a situation in which you find yourself sharing scary stories with mm. other people has has that come up in the past for you? Is that something that you like? 
Or is that a thing? I know some people do not like when people share ghost stories. Well, I would. Um, it's got to be juicy. I'm going to tell you, ghosts don't do much for me because it's mm. a little too. I mean, for lack of a better term, it's too flimsy. <laughs> and it's just really like, oh, you think a light flickered or something moved. Mm. And I'm like, okay. It's like, it's not strong enough. It's not strong enough. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, I need some real corporeal form here. Yeah, for a black totally. woman and a Jew, mm. you know, there. I don't know if uh, you know much about the history of the 20th century. There have been some like stuff that's happened, like that may be scarier. Yeah, than an this is that an this has come up a lot. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, this it is so that the like the the. The complete like milk toast whiteness of like maybe a specter is in the attic is like <laughs> as being the worst thing imaginable. Yeah. Uh really, really uh it shows you the cliff's notes. You know? <laughs> um yeah, I I also feel like so often there is like I I come from like a military family and my brothers would always say like, I don't want to watch stressful stuff. Mm, like mm -hmm. I don't need to like flex that muscle. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 And I, and I think, um, for soft people such as myself, <laughs> sometimes it's like watching a scary thing. I'm like, imagine if I was in danger, you know, it's like, it's the, <laughs> it is, it is privilege on the grossest display possible. <laughs> so, so much to the point that, Sometimes I will be in actual danger, and I kind of refuse to believe it's happening. Okay, <laughs> you, give yeah, me an example. example. <laughs> okay, okay, we've talked about this on the show before, but um, one time I was with my friend Emily Schmidt. We had gotten out of a show at the clubhouse, uh, which is that a, terrifying, a, a, terrifying, a terrifying parking yeah. lot. <laughs> terrifying parking lot. We used to live a block and a half from there. Emily and I were leaving. We saw in the middle of this empty parking lot. Hanging from uh, a light pole, uh, uh, a charger cord, like 25 feet long, oh coming down. Hanging from it, a charging iPhone swinging in the air. Whoa. We stand there looking at it like, this is weird. There's no one around. And there is, a, I, there is an on iPhone hanging from a charger cord that is plugged in, assumedly, to the bulb. I, this one this. exactly. <laughs> yeah. So we're kind of standing by it, looking at it. And then out of nowhere, a man who, again, we're dipping back into the werewolf pond, a man came running at us screaming like a werewolf and chased us for a full block and a half. No. We're running towards my garage, towards the apartment building garage. There is another man like watching this happen no. as we're running, going like, you guys got to run. He's coming. <laughs> like, And I got to be honest, like... <laughs> I did not run as though my life depended on it. Emily did. Yeah. Emily was like way ahead. I was kind of like, there's no way this is really happening. And then when I looked behind me and I saw like a man who yeah. appeared to be a wild man who wanted to attack me, then I was like, okay, I've got to go. <laughs> then when we got to the garage, as we're catching our breath, Emily was like, he set a trap. He set a trap for us. And that oh is what it God. felt like. The, uh, the swinging like, phone. Yeah, he set like a millennial trap. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but okay, here's my question though. How long were you standing, if you can remember, until Wolfman approached? Jack. Wolfman Jack. Wolfman Jack. <laughs> I think we slowly approached the iPhone. 
We were probably there. We we were there long enough to take a picture of it because it was such a weird image. See, that's what Andy would have done. Like, see, the thing is, if I saw that, I would look and go, huh, that's weird. But then Andy would be like, stop. Let me frame it up. Let me frame it up. And I'm like, can we get off this dark ass street? Let me use my artistic eye (laughs) to capture this moment in all its beauty. Exactly. (laughs) If I see like a plastic (laughs) black. Plastic black. A plastic black. A plastic black. I would be really worried if I saw a plastic black. (laughs) That, well, yeah, that's fearful. That's definitely, you know, raises my hackles. Hackles are like dog necks. Is that what it it is? I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't. You guys feel the <laughs> like I have felt before. I have like conjured up in my body the murderous feeling. If if ever I or a loved one is in trouble, I mm. know that I will react in a violent manner in a very like straw dogs type way. But you yeah. don't have weaponry on you, and you're not trained in the art of fisticuffs. No, no, no. But I felt <laughs> I felt it in my body before. Like you know, like you know your limits sometimes. Uh-huh. And you yeah. know, like I don't think like I I'm not strong. Like I could probably if if I I just because I have the feeling of <laughs> to attack someone doesn't mean I can do it successfully. successfully. Uh-huh. But I just know that I have the like rage just hidden in there. <laughs> And I think that's the thing that matters most. <laughs> I think, you know, it's it's not the it's not the big dog that wins the. It, uh, this is a terrible analogy. I was oh, trying yeah. to think like I was trying to think of like an analogy in which it's like the dog that's hungriest gets the food rather than like the biggest dog. I think mm, you I know what I mean. That's a T-shirt. I, I think I saw at a sporting event. <laughs> a no fear T-shirt. I, know. A no fear I think that's t-shirt. the. I think that's the straightest thing I've ever said in my life. <laughs> <laughs> is there like a like a horror movie world or situation that you feel like actually I think I'd know what I would do? The thing about like horror movies is there's there it's all there's no justice in them, right? It's yes. just as like it's people who are like pretty innocent being murdered by a destructive force, yeah. which to me is just what society Look, not to get on my soapbox, but society (laughs) in a capitalist, in a capitalist Western world, Mm -hmm. that's just what we're all living in. Absolutely. (laughs) No, but like that. So like there, you know, it's, I feel like, no, I, if, if up against that, I would be, I would be murdered very Mm. quickly. Right. Cause I am weak. I have. (laughs) I have, I, I'm fleshy. I don't have, uh, look, I, hey, I lift weights, but let's, I'm not exactly like, you know, I feel you. Yeah. I'm not exactly a Schwarzenegger here. <laughs> <laughs> My God. That was the most grandpa thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Something about referencing Schwarzenegger specifically is so 1989. I would not die in the first like wave of a zombie movie. Like I wouldn't die in act one, but the question mm-hmm. would be, would I be able to connect with a group of people with actual skills? Would they be willing to take me on? Oh, are we talking zombies here? Well, he said any horror. Oh, any horror scenario. Well, yeah, any scenario. I think, I think zombies are about like strategy more than they're about a supernatural force, right? If we're talking yes. Jason, Freddy, anything that just like, it just- Yeah, he pe- can never die. Yeah, appears in your dreams mm-hmm. and then just yeah, like, what's the- and just like slashes your face open with uh, and puts a bunch of worms in there or whatever. I don't know. Feeds you ivermectin, <laughs> whatever it is that they're doing in in Nightmare on Elm Street, right? That I would not yeah. survive. But if it's just about strategy, yeah, I'm smarter than a horde of like undead. That is really smart. It, it also, I think, like if you're going to buy into the rules of a horror movie, being likable is a huge plus. 
in order to last in order to last a long time. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Um, it th- those rules don't apply if like a horror movie got like outsourced onto our like real life situation. But in a horror movie, it's like, if you got some catchphrases, if people <laughs> like you, like you're, you're coming back. Well, yeah. Cause um, you're keeping things light on the journey to freedom yeah. and safety. That's true. Actually. You're right. I think though, it's also like my thinking is if you have common sense, this is what can frustrate me about horror movies. No one has common sense. Mm. And so like my favorite part of Candyman, we saw the new Candyman was when oh, yeah. she, there's a moment where she goes to open the door and you think she's going to walk down into this basement. She's like, opens the door and then close this shit right back. <laughs> and I said, ah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. That is some common sense. Did you actually exclaim? You did exclaim out loud, didn't you? I did. I'm sure I said something. We were in a theater just with friends, so I could get away with that. Um, oh, that's really nice. But, you know, that yeah. is, I think, you know, if just some common sense will go a real long way. Yeah. It's really satisfying. It's really satisfying to see characters use common sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I think also, like, you know, Anne and I read from these scary stories books. And what's funny about them is, like, they are written for children to be able to memorize and tell other kids. Mm-hmm. You know, they, like, mm-hmm. exist to be told. So it's like, I remember these stories as having so much more detail <laughs> and... Uh, um you know, and layers than they actually do. And then when you read it, it's like the man was in the closet and he stabbed the woman. And it's like, <laughs> that's the end of the story. Look, if there's anything we learned in the last 18 months, you know, collective trauma can be really bonding. And exactly. I think that when you watch a scary movie as a group, you are go- you are developing a trauma bond with people. Yes, that is that is a really good point. And it's like, I feel like I have become closer with friends in the past if I saw a scary movie with them hmm. earlier on, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you're vulnerable. You're vulnerable. Exactly. Yeah. Depends. It de- I'll tell you this. You have to be open to being vulnerable. Because yes, that's true. I certainly saw scary movies with my friends growing up and none of us were vulnerable. <laughs> and, you know, we're talking about a bunch of like Pennsylvania teens <laughs> with like, you know, the, the Amish <laughs> atmosphere. Around us, that's we were terrifying. Amish ourselves. I'm just saying, Pennsylvania just has a very wagon right. wheel type feeling. But that's to so it. natural to me. I'm like, that's classic, Andy. You're you lived in classic Halloween, like corn yes. mazes were real there, yes. and oh not just God. for yeah, activities. Was, yeah, Pennsylvania was great for Halloween. You know, or like if you got older, you'd go raiding, in which you would throw you and your friends would run around throwing corn kernels at windows <gasps> through the neighborhood. <gasps> what is? I've never heard such a thing. I've never heard this raiding it's called? Yeah, because you don't want, like, you want to have fun and and do something mischievous, but you don't want to actually, like, I don't know, I didn't want to damage property. I don't... No. You didn't want to get, yeah, arrested. Well, it wasn't even... I didn't want to be arrested. I just, like... (laughs) I could empathize. I had enough empathy. I, I may have been shut down emotionally, but I, my empathy is still going. And so, I, you know, <laughs> sorry, go on. No, that's halfway there. And I think that's pretty good for a team. <laughs> but wait, but where I, so would you like get corn like, kernels? What do you mean, where would you get corn kernels? Where you got your gourds? <laughs> you went to Boscov's and they had like a Halloween thing in the parking lot where you could get gourds. Uh-huh. And you could get corn there too for your for decoration stuff like that. Or you just had corn. Oh wait, like- so like you would like are we talking you're cutting like the kernels off of a cob? Yeah. Oh, I was thinking popcorn, oh. like like no, no. raw kernels. Dried kernels, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're oh, that's fun. They're and you throw them at people's windows and it make a little like rattling sound. Uh, that's just spooky enough, I think. <laughs> I think exactly. that's perfect. There's no mess to clean up. 
Yeah. There's just, no soap on people's windows. There's no like toilet egg, paper in their yeah. trees. There's no eggs or anything like that. But it's fun and mischievous. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't feel wasteful for some reason. Birds. You know, birds yeah, are gonna birds have birds to eat the corn kernels. Oh my god! Well, that's a nightmare. If I wake up and there's like a hundred birds on my lawn, <laughs> and I'm like Hitchcock is coming true. <laughs> I I had a very lightly traumatic experience the other day with a pigeon on our balcony. Um, normally, it's like you open the door and the, if there's a pigeon there, it flies away. This pigeon didn't fly away. I stepped out onto the balcony. Pigeon fully moved. I like waved my hand in it. The pigeon stayed. I had my like mask in my hand and I flung like I like went in the direction of it. Hand fully made contact with the behind of the pigeon oh my goodness. and it did not move. And I was like, this is your balcony now. <laughs> oh, my God. Did its eyes redden? <laughs> and did he- <laughs> Hello, Tippy. <laughs> it didn't move. It did not Dang. move. That's why birds, birds are rife for horror, I think, for yeah. that reason. Well, it's the beak. Yeah. It's the beak. It's, it's the head the movement. Nah, I disagree. Really? It's the Go head. Ahead. It's the head. What? Because is... they move in discrete movements. It's not fluid, and it's the discrete oh. movements that are the same. It's it has the same kind of like. It's not the the exact same as like the chittering of an insect or like <laughs> insect bodies are so foreign. Mm-hmm. Or yes. arachnid mm-hmm. bodies are yes. so foreign. Yes. To like the way that we're made up. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so anything that's like doesn't have a fluid mo- movement, just like a, a bird, like they yeah. they move uh, a real uh, skitter, uh, a titter, uh, yeah, uh huh, skitter, yeah. titter, chitter. That's the, the vibe. Is. This talk about unsettling creatures, particularly of the arachnid family, it might be time to transition into telling one of the two stories we'll be covering this week. Wow, oh, I think I'm ready. Uh, Naomi, you've been given. Yeah, a, a real iconic one that's I, yep. been requested. For I know, quite a I know while. this story. This story yeah. uh, is very scary to me. Can I just tell you, this story did. This is one that did like freak me out as a child. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I, and for good reason. And Naomi, whenever you'd like to read it, please okay. feel free. While Ruth slept, a spider crawled across her face. It stopped for several minutes on her left cheek, then went on its way. What is this red spot on my cheek? She asked her mother the next morning. Looks like a spider bite, her mother said. It'll go away. Just don't scratch it. Soon, the small red spot grew into a small red boil. Look at it now, Ruth said. It's getting bigger. It's sore. That sometimes happens, her mother said. It's coming to a head. In a few days, the boil was even larger. Look at it now, Ruth said. It hurts and it's ugly. We'll have the doctor look at it, her mother said. Maybe it's infected but the doctor couldn't see Ruth until the next day. That night, Ruth took a hot bath. As she soaked herself, the boil burst. Out poured a swarm of tiny spiders from the eggs their mother had laid in her cheek. I mean, everybody, that was the red spot read beautifully by Naomi. Your thoughts. Let's start there. Is it not a story more about neglectful parents and... (laughs) The health you know, system. The health system here in America. <laughs> it should have been like her mom was like, we can't afford to take you to the doctor. You just gonna have to wait it out. <laughs> like the true horror. Oh my god. That story has always terrified me. I I mean, spiders, I cannot. I have never been able to. I oh, saw arachnophobia, no. I think, at a too young age. Yes. And it really messed with me. I should have been seeing arachnophobia. Did and- you read the novelization? 
<laughs> I did. I was so into arachnophobia, I read the novelization too. You're kidding. Was there more information in the in the novelization that you got? Ooh, I'll tell you this. Next time I go to my parents' house, it's still there <laughs> in the bookshelf in my room, in quotes, which is now the cat litter room. And <laughs> I will find it and I will... Uh, on a future episode, if you'll have us back, I, I will Please. Bring it. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. Amazing. I didn't even know there was a novelization of Arachnophobia. Oh, yeah. I loved reading novelizations. I read <laughs> all the, the Star Trek, the Next Generation novelizations. Oh. Uh, yeah. Those are your jams? I had no idea. Wow. Andy, this is why we have to do podcasts together. <laughs> because I find it's, out things about you. Going to the beach. It really, at the, on the summer and reading Star Trek, the Next Generation, reading novelizations <laughs> of movies as a child, reading... Uh, <laughs> Dirk gently reading all the like uh, Douglas Adams books. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. yeah. See, yeah, I, I, arachnophobia really. My brother had a had a date over when I was a little kid, and they watched arachnophobia, and I watched it through the keyhole. Oh my god! I like like truly yeah. through the keyhole in our in our old Victorian <laughs> house. I watched arachnophobia, and then I had to check out at a certain point. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. I mean, yeah. Oh, I hate insects, and uh, I always it's so like and something like this is my nightmare. It also reminded me so like. When I was young, maybe 10 years old, I, me and my cousin, we went to summer camp. Uh, and it was in Michigan because uh, she lives in Detroit. So I would spend the summer in Detroit. And then, like, my aunt, I guess, was like, okay, y'all got to leave. And so it was, like, maybe two <laughs> weeks of that summer. Either way, we're, we're going. And, and we have our counselor who's, like, a young black girl. And she's, like, showing us, you know, around. And she goes, here's the bathroom. Yes, it's rustic. But don't worry. It's not like a spider is going to crawl up your butt and you're going to give birth to spider babies. <laughs> And so that is all I thought was going to happen as soon as she said that. It was like that had not even occurred to me until she said, don't worry, a spider's not going to crawl you. But to the point where I was like, I was scared to go to the bathroom. Like I wouldn't really sit down. You know, your girl didn't poop for like the first three days anyway. (laughs) But I was so terrified, like spiders and the the, the fact they could be in or like, what did I tell you? Like, wasn't it like last week where I was like, I'm hoarse. I think I swallowed a spider in my sleep. <laughs> I'm always yeah, afraid right. of swallowing a spider. Last week, yeah. I killed a spider last week for you. You did. Yes. It, for wow. me. And Andrew, he ain't kidding when he say for me. Because Andrew will leave a spider to roam in this house. <gasps> One time we had a dang daddy long legs. And it had a little home in the corner of the bathroom. And I said, Andrew. That one I took outside. I mean, yeah, I will but take after them. days, sure. He was like, "Let him if, live," and then I found his ass in my shower cap, and I said, "Not today, Satan." Well, I I don't know, Nam. Have you noticed we don't have as many flies as we had the week before? So oh. they're doing something. I there's a certain kind of spider. If it looks too much like a brown recluse, I will kill it because yeah, brown recluses scare the, the living recluse. shit out of me. He's of the, the idea yeah. of like having like and it's less about me and more about the animals, right? I I know how to stay yes. away from spiders, but the animals like play with them. Yeah, we like, have they two think cats I, and a dog, so you know. Oh yeah, they'll play with a spider. That's yeah. what they do. Yeah, yeah. menagerie. So I'm worried if like a spider cuz now we live in this godforsaken desert hole. Right. Yeah. It's not habitable California. land. So there, there's more land. poisonous spiders here than there were in New York, which were zero. Yes. There were zero poisonous spiders in New York. Exactly. That's true. I, that is a really good point. I mean, um, what are they called? What are the things in the bathroom with a lot of legs? House centipedes? Ugh. Oh, yeah. God. Yes. Or like silverfish? No. Silverfish. You're yeah. talking about oh, house centipedes. Oh, okay. Ugh. They're always like, they've. you can't leave a towel on the ground because they'll get in it. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ugh. 
But but even still, I will take a house centipede over several spiders in a home, sure. I think. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll, they all have to go. For me, if I see too many, we're just burning the house down. Salt the earth. Okay? <laughs> Starting a new life somewhere else. Yeah. Sorry, I'm so, looking at a picture of a house centipede right know, now. They are genuinely like, that's one that is genuinely like, it is. They look the, like aliens. Yeah. It yes, is such a I'm foreign looking don't show it to us. body it, shape what? that it inspires genuine fear in me. That is H.R. Geiger is the first word that I thought, like, if who designed Alien. Like, it looks like, why would, why would evolution do such a thing? Well, I always you know? say, why do you need that many legs unless you're doing evil? <laughs> Where do they have to be? Are they in a rush? They're too, the ratio of leg to body is insane. It's sick. Have you heard of spider crickets? Are you aware yes. of this creature? No, I am not. Yeah, yeah, I've seen them before. Awful, right? Yeah. What's going on there? Is it a true hybrid? Basements. They're like they're like big and they live in basements. If I'm thinking of the right thing. Oh yeah, you got it. You got it. They, <laughs> they, live they in look basements? as though they look as though a frog and a spider went into like the fly machine no. and came out. <laughs> no. They've got like it. It appears they have like green skin. I know that's not the truth, but they are jumpers. Oh, and I. I don't think they can see. Andrew. And so they'll really just kind of catapult themselves Andrew! at you. Andrew! Farmer! Bad. They're very, very they're bad. another one that's yes. like, so. Oh, yeah. God, please. Look at that. I can't. It's I won't. Body. Why are you doing, doing this to me? This? It looks like a shrimp. <laughs> it's like a shrimp yes. turned into an insect. I don't I don't think they should be around. Um, but I'm sorry. No, I have another question for you, Andrew Farmer. Please. Because yes. you lived in Florida at some point, which I'm mm-hmm. so sorry. But yeah. you must have seen all manner of sick prehistoric-like creatures. Yeah. So the, I'd say the the most common nightmarish one that just appears everywhere is called – it has a very chic name, horrible creature. Uh-huh. They're called palmetto bugs. Mm. They are just giant cockroaches. Oh, yeah. That's what they have here in Los Angeles. They fly. I found yes. one. Oh, God. Was, gonna... Sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Because this, no, freaked, this freaked me the fuck out. There was a cockroach – Underneath our stove, and it like went under there. I saw it for. I like turned on the light, and I saw it there for a second. The cat was just staring at it. I was like, "What are you? These what? animals are useless." I'm like, "Aren't you killing? Why are you killing these things for me?" They just look at them. And I went to the stove, and I looked under, and it's just one of them. So I'm like, "All right, I'm not gonna like try to like uh, get it out now. When it comes out naturally, I'll I would have sprayed poison <laughs> under that stove until it exploded when I tried to make eggs. Okay, that's what I would have done. And then the next day. Over the the listeners obviously can't see this, but like Andrew, over there is a little like archway that separates this kind of dining room area from the living room area, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I look over, and the cockroach is just like walking at the top of the like what do you call the the filigree, right? All right. And I go, all right. Well, I gotta go get something. So I turn around to get something from the kitchen to smash it, and then I turn back, and it's flying <gasps> over to the bookcase and i go what they could fly now i did not know they could fly and that that thing sent chills up my spine that that they can fly because it's one thing when cockroaches are have limited mobility then it's kind of freaky you know but But you still have the power right and if they're exactly i don't kill them if they're outside well, of course. Because that's their territory. Right. That's their house. <laughs> but once they cross the threshold. You come into my house, it ain't for you. Okay? You were not are invited. Yeah. Okay? And then I do it and I go, this house is clear. <laughs> <laughs> but let me just say, I got a spatula 
I smashed it. It was still, obviously, Stop. like, they're so hardy. It was still yes. alive. I smashed it. Uh, when they would have got engaged, uh, somebody got us these, like, little Mad Lib books of, like, questions for your, like, fiance. And your, uh And uh, I, sm- I smashed it between that and a spatula, still alive. <gasps> threw it into the toilet and flushed it and then read, it's still alive. It's probably still alive somewhere. Because they live, they can live for three hours or something in the toilet. Yes, oh it's they've been given too many gifts. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, it just I too agree. much. I agree. It, it we like I. It's it's like it's hard enough to walk and swim, you uh-huh. know, like for me. Yeah, and then it's like when you when you're letting a creature fly, swim, breathe underwater, yeah. survive under a heavy book that's landed on it. Yeah. I begin to wonder like whose side whose side is everybody on? Exactly. You know? Exactly. Andrew, um, Naomi, let me throw this question at you. Up, oh, throw it. What if it's not that they have become particularly um, adapted? Maybe this is what I'm trying to say. I guess. Do you think we have just made such a terrible world that they are now able to thrive? Like, if we made a utopia, there would oh, be yeah. fewer cockroaches. But we've right. made such a gross world, humans in general, <laughs> that they they're like, oh my god, you've turned this into a cockroach, cockroach playground. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Yep, yep. So much wasted food. So much. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Misery. I bet they feed off of misery. They feel it in the air with their long <sighs> little antenna. And, and do you think cuz cuz Naomi you mentioned that that you were familiar with this story, the red spot. Yes, absolutely. Do you think that that sort of like primordial like what is it about this story that like has seeped its way into our brains? Like why do we all know it? I think we all know it cuz first of all I I do feel like I would say like probably 90% of the population doesn't like spiders. Do you know what I mean? Like kind of on average, like you, I've never really met a person that's like, I'm into spiders and I feel like, you know, doesn't mean people don't, but you know what I mean? (laughs) And so I think it's like, we all don't like spiders. And then I think it is this, like, it is the slow growth of it. It is the feeling that this could have been stopped. This could have been stopped if she had just gotten some help earlier. Right. (laughs) Like that is what is also very, cause it's like, Hey, like, it's bigger. It's bigger. It's bigger. You know, in this we in this version of the story, because I don't necessarily even remember a mother, but in this version, it's like, mom, look, and mom is like, I can't take you. I gotta go to Craig House. <laughs> but it's like she's putting on lipstick. And then like, so it's that idea of like something I can feel something's wrong. I can feel something wrong. Then also for me, there's another layer of when it, they finally erupt, the idea of being in the bath. The idea of being yeah. nude. Oh. The idea of being nude. Sick. Chills me to the bone. Chills Awful. me to the bone. Naked, crawling with spiders. Oh. Can't do it. Can't do it. And it is that. I mean, I guess it's like it ties in with like when you're becoming a teenager and you are getting pimples and everything feels very alien and new. I and in your reading of this, this is the first time I realized this. Yeah, it's like the fact that the mother is so nonchalant mm-hmm, about it mm-hmm. is very scary. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The like kind of imp, like un unpassionate, unpassionate. Is that the word? Where she's just like, oh yeah, this that can happen. Yep. Maybe it's infected. We'll go to the doctor tomorrow. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's it's scary. The yeah. idea that like 
like vermin could be growing in your face and your parents would be like, eh, you know, yeah, like the that's mom's very definitely like on Twinder. Twinder. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't love what's happening. There's a plastic black and we're on Twinder. Plastic black and Twinder. And twi- Twinder that's, is, yeah. that's where you only find twins. <laughs> twins. If you look up, twins. And you're like, I, I want to be at a beer commercial. Give me twins. Yeah. That is Twinder is the funniest thing. <laughs> I'm looking for someone. I mean, that's half gay couples, but I'm looking for someone who looks exactly like me. Wow. Hey, gentle listeners. Surprise. It's a two-part episode. Pretty spooky. Pretty cool, right? So please check back in on Friday for part two of this episode with Naomi and Andy. It is nothing but fun. Andy's going to read his own scary story from the scary stories to tell in the dark series. Naomi is going to tell you the great risk that you run by using soap dispensers. And of course, we'll each share a scary idea for a thing that could happen. It's going to be the best. We'll see you then. Get out. Forever. This has been a Forever Dog production. Scary Stories to Tell on the Pod is executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Produced by Tracy Soren. Original theme music by Chris Ryan. Cover art by Bats Langley. To listen to this podcast ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcasts.com slash plus. Check out video clips of our podcasts on YouTube at youtube.com slash team, And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Forever Dog Team to keep up with all the latest Forever Dog news.